Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. We're at the St. Paul Ice Show, and here at the show, we've got a lot of opportunities to talk to some really cool people. Today, we're talking to Pat Calmerton, and Pat, you are a captain on Lake Michigan, and you're doing some guide stuff down there. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, a little bit about myself. Born and raised in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Dad, uh, I mean, no two sides of the world. So growing up, I would be on the farm all fall and winter and milking cows and stuff and then the, on the other side he would drop me off down at the harbors and I would start first mating out for the, the trout and salmon you know at 12 years old all the way through high school and ended up becoming a, a, a licensed surveyor for a little while and that wasn't the life for me I just missed fishing I missed uh, being out in that water and so we switched over and started a business out on Lake Michigan doing a little trout and salmon fishing so you do a lot of open water fishing and open water trips but obviously we're an ice fishing show we Mm -hmm. want to talk ice fishing and that's something you're doing too you're ice fishing the harbors that is exactly it so we're we're actually ice fishing the tributaries to Lake Michigan so up until the first dam is open year-round and we have the opportunity to go up in the river systems being you know out of Sheboygan, Port Washington, Racine, all over the place but yet we do a lot of ice fishing on harbors as well. So we do anywhere from Manitowoc to Two Rivers, Port Washington, Sheboygan, Milwaukee. Majority of our time you're going to find us down in the Milwaukee Harbor. Tell me about that. What's that like out there? Uh, it's awesome. It is awesome. It is one of them things where you wake up every morning and you go to work and you sit in traffic and the hustle and bustle of everything that you got going on and then all of a sudden you get that one day off or that couple hours off and you can go down and sit right downtown Milwaukee with the skyscrapers in the background and the seagulls going crazy because there's still open water out on the lake because that lake never freezes it's just a big slush puppy so those waves are crashing against the rocks and the seagulls are going and it's like you're it's almost like the sounds of the summer the you also have the sounds of the busy life of the honking the horns and traffic and all that other stuff but yet you have the scenery that you're not going to have very many places in this country and then you have a world-class fishery on top of it every time that either that flag goes up that that rod gets bent whatever the case may be you have an ample opportunity to put a fish of a lifetime on the ice you're going anywhere from you know i mean a 15 pound steelhead not out of the question if you're going for like a 30 pound well 30 pounds extreme but a 20 pound brown trout man the color on them the big skypes on them it's just one of them things where you cannot go to the local mill pond and catch a fish like this it's just not possible so that's what's really cool about that yeah how crazy is that i think when a lot of people especially in this area when they think ice fishing they think i'm gonna go to red lake i'm gonna go to lake of the woods and i'm surrounded by wilderness and and i'm up in the upcountry and you guys are ice fishing in an urban area i mean this is a city that yeah yeah see 
the thing about the upper lakes and uh, across the country, I mean, I do a lot of that as well. Don't get me wrong. I've read and Devil's Lake and all those other spots. It's uh, tremendous fishing. It's a lot of fun. I love chasing big pike. I love chasing that trophy walleye. But there's just something about a trophy brown trout or a giant steelhead that you, when you hook into them and that rod loads up, I'm telling you, you got a half hour fight on this fish. And right when you think it's getting tired, it rears it back and, and bulls you some more and it takes off and the people are all around you. And there's, that's what's so cool about that kind of fishing. But if you do want the serenity, we also do a lot of the fishing in the tributaries. So you can back off, get into the backwater, or not the backwaters, but the, you know, you get into some of these river systems and you're surrounded by trees and you're surrounded by some eagles up in the trees. So pick your poise, really. I mean, you got the fancy, um, but if you've never done the downtown fishing for the browners or still it's a there's something about it honestly we have groups from all over the country come out and with these different groups that come out you have individual families you have women groups you have corporate groups you have just a couple of friends so no matter what in reality, no matter what you're fishing for, where you're fishing, you're not really fishing for the fish. You can go to the grocery store and you can buy a fish any day that you want. You're going fishing for the camaraderie, the experience, the relationships with, you want to share a few laughs, you want to get some fresh air, you want to get kids away from video games. That's what this is all about. You know, in the fishing community, a lot of times you forget to sit back and really realize why we fish. We fish because we enjoy it. We don't fish for the fish. A lot of people love eating the fish. But when it comes to fishing, you're fishing for a reason, that's for the entertainment aspect. So when you're out on Milwaukee Harbor, how do you break that down? How do you fish? What are you looking for before you start going holes? You know, quite honestly, there's a couple of culverts that come into the mill ponds and the marinas and stuff. Um, there's no structure you know all of these mill ponds or all the ponds and uh the back lagoons and the structure the only thing that you can really do is relate yourself to the points to the tunnels being the different bridges where everything comes together and it's their only passage going from one place to another you're going to be looking for the culverts that are coming out of the rocks that are pushing some of the water or some of the runoff in there um but really after that, the brown trout are, and the steelhead are just roaming fish. They're gonna, it's a big bowl, they swim circles, everybody has really the same ample opportunity to put fish on the ice as long as, um, I've seen some goofy stuff, so I guess that statement ain't even going to be true because I've seen people catch them on gummy worms. <laughs> the whole story of the gummy worm, it works sometimes, but majority of the time we're just using skein, we're using minnows, we're using single beads. Uh, if you want to jig them, you were using uh, different tube jigs, hair jigs. Uh, there's a couple of different, you know, dart and jigs that you can use and, and stuff like that, but majority, I would say at least 75% of our fish come on automatic fishermen you know and tip-ups automatic fishermen state of wisconsin they're allowed it's one of them hook setting devices and a, a trout 
they bite so sensitive that they suck it in almost like a bluegill. So you have a fish the size of a 40 inch pike, but yet it bites like a bluegill. So get that one. You have a fish that comes up and it just kind of nudges it, noses it, and that's why we use a lot of those autos because what happens, it's a hook sign device, so the, the rod is uh, set, and when the fish comes up and noses into it, that thing springs up and it sets a hook. Now, one of our clientele will run to that rod and they'll fight that rod. So instead of fighting it on a tip-up, which, you know, you have a lot of people that say, I'm not really that fond of fighting a fish on a tip-up. Well, that could be exhilarating, but to have that head thump and everything else on the end of a rod and listen to that drag scream, everybody, you get excited. I mean, that, that drag is screaming, it's just... God, it's something that just gets you rolling and then you got horns honking in the background and it's pretty cool it really it's a bit we used to guide up north for bluegills and walleyes and pike and um i wouldn't trade it for the world i'm glad that we made the switch so how many rods can you or how many lines can you run per person out there you can run up to three per person so including the guides so me being a guide or a captain on that body of water let's say just the two of us went we got six rods now you we don't play the game of okay we're gonna let you catch six fish that's not gonna happen you know we we follow all the wisconsin regulations and stuff like that you're only allowed but majority of the fishing out in that body of water is going to be all catch release mm -hmm. you know a lot of it that is these browns and these steelhead they've lived a long time they give you a, a fight of a lifetime they're going to give you a story um, a lot of times, it, going back to the story, people always ask me, why did you become a guide? Why did you become somebody in the fishing industry? Why did you do something to start promoting things in the industry? And the only true answer that I really came up with after 20-some years of telling people is that someday that 90-year-old person, 70-year-old person, whatever, and all tragedy strikes, at their funeral, that story of the biggest fish of their lifetime was caught either with us or with a product that I use. And that right there is special because it turns that whole situation from sad to a happy moment. And that's why I do what I do because I love it. I can educate people on how to do it and it creates memories. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Oh, I love it. I, this whole. The passion that I have for fishing goes well beyond making a dollar. It doesn't, a dollar doesn't exist in my world, really. I mean, being a guide, you're not going to get rich. Right. But you're going to have a, more stories and more relationships with people from all over the industry. People sit back and they look at it, and when they talk about different trips or they talk about different things or the uh, football games, baseball games, no matter what it is, my dad always said this, fishing is a lifetime sport. There's only one Bill Schrader from Sheboygan County, he always said. I never got that until I was older. So you got your pro athletes, and they, uh, they do really well, and they... 
they go off and they make millions of dollars or you know you play your high school game and you may relive those memories in your mind or if you're Ted Buddy Bundy you know you can show your buddies the film and all that other stuff but when you create a group of friends that you go fishing with or family or anything else that is a bond that cannot be broken that is something that is very special to you and those people that is memories that you are making and it's a healthy memory it really is and in reality everything else that you do what is it nowadays to go to the bar and spend a hundred dollars doesn't take much doesn't take much at all yeah i mean you can do that lickety split now the amount of days that you go out fishing let's say you went to the bar for a year in my younger days i would have had a shack made or you know what i mean i would i could have bought a ton of equipment mm-hmm. but i don't remember those days i went to the bar right i remember every one of the days i go fishing and the other thing I'm thinking of, you talked about your fish. Most of most of the fish that are caught with you are catch and release. You guys are putting the fish back in the water. But what I was thinking when you were saying that is, you know, a lot of people don't even do mounts anymore. But what they want is that picture. Mm-hmm. And the image, I was thinking about that when you are telling me, the image of that Milwaukee skyline with that brown trout in your hand, I mean, that's just something that you don't see every day. You don't. You know, if you, if you if you want to live that moment before you go on there, you can always go to the website, Facebook, all that stuff, and look at it. And say, now that is pretty cool. Yeah. But imagine this. Now, all of a sudden, you're doing all this stuff, and you're fishing downtown, and then all of a sudden, you, you got one of the guys going, lunch is done, and they bring you a hot brew pub pizza, lots and lots of pizza, sitting on the middle of the ice in Milwaukee going, this is just awesome. I got myself into trouble though because a gal showed me this chicken broth in the uh, in a thermos. Okay. I threw some chicken broth in there, like yeah, I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. I mean, it was awesome. So I I ended up packing it, going out to Fort Peck, Montana, and out to North Dakota. Next thing I know, I'm getting all dizzy from all the sh- all the salt or whatever that's in them. I had to I had to settle down on the chicken broth. <laughs> so, Sometimes we get into things and we just can't get out of it. I know! It was so good. It smelled so good. It just... God, I love my coffee, but that chicken broth was delicious. We've been talking (laughs) Harbor, and and we've been going lots of different directions, and it's been really fun, but I want to talk to you about the tributaries, too. What's the difference, you know, if you're out there fishing in the harbor and you say pretty much one spot's as good as another, what's it like to fish a tributary for these same type of fish? Complete opposite. Complete opposite. So your tributaries... It kind of goes in a rotation. So as what happens as far as the tributaries go during the fall, the salmon run up into the tributaries and we're fly fishing the salmon. Once the salmon start dying off, because they naturally die off after production or reproduction, they naturally die off and then as far as that goes, everybody always thought, oh, the salmon are done. The old days where they used to be able to come up and they were snagging, it's illegal now, but in the past, everybody from all over the country would come into the tributary snagging salmon. Salmon die off and everybody kind of disappears. Well, what people don't understand is right after the salmon die off, or the salmon towards the end of that, now come your big brown trout, come in your lake trout, come in your steelhead, 
it uh, brings your cohos. So you have all those fish that move up in there and your cohos, they'll come in and then they'll kind of shoot out. A couple of them will stay, but your brown trout and your steelhead are going to stay. They're going to find those deeper holes. They're going to just kind of, there's um, on, on the slow side of turns, on the fast side of turns, there's different ways to look at it. You also have the structure. So you have railroad ties that are coming through. You have those different culvers that are going through. You have maybe that one great big rock in the middle of the, the summer that you found. Well, when that water is rushing during the winter, because it does it, it's not stagnant, it's moving. It, there's a current in that river. So you're going to want to place your stuff accordingly. You're going to want to have the proper weights on the bottom so you know your um, your spawn sacks are sitting down towards the bottom so you're doing an egg sinker coming up so it's, it's floating down type of thing with all that current. Another thing that I usually end up doing is I put a spinning glow on the front side of that spawn sack to th throw a little thump in the water. Um, th there's a lot of different things but you, if you have one thing that I can tell you that's going to produce more fish than anything when it comes to river fishing, look for outside bends because it's usually the deepest because that water is hitting that shoreline and cutting out the bottom. Look for right behind any structure because that water is kind of yetying back into. Um, those are some of the places I would certainly look. That river system be fantastic fishing it's awesome but you know it's one of them where the fish in there you can have a really really good day one day but then all of a sudden you get a lot of current or whatnot and things can completely change the next so unless you know those river systems they can be demoralizing a lot more than those harbors and not only that but the harbors you can there's a lot more people so you can see them running from place to place you know you go down and you're fishing and it's like you're going to the high school pond playing hockey i mean if one person gets a fish on you know it's going to be a half hour fight there's groups from all over the place different groups coming in just to see that fish right they want to see that fish in back of their mind it's like the old days where a deer hunter used to go to the bar and proudly show off his prize, his trophy. It's the same thing as when you bring in that 20-pound brown trout, you're holding it with both hands, belly's kind of flopping over your fingers, skyscrapers in the background. People are like, I find it a lot that people, not even in our groups, are taking pictures of those fish just mm -hmm. to show their buddies going, that is what I had the opportunity at. Right. That's what's cool. I got a friend of mine who lives in Port Washington and does a lot of harbor fishing during open water. And he's down there just about every morning for a couple hours before work and doing his thing, mm -hmm. especially when those salmon are coming up. And uh, what's cool is he'll be out there and he'll catch one and there's five guys there. And they all come over and they want to take a picture and everybody's shaking hands and, yeah. and high-fiving. I mean, that's that's what I find super cool about that whole deal. It's, it's a different... I can't explain it. I really can't. The best way that I can explain it is how I did explain it, but... Until you experience it yourself, there is no words that will really put that experience into perspective. There isn't. Because when you're fighting a 40-inch pike, and a lot of people are like, ah, you know, my big lake trout or my big walleye or my big... 
the way that a brown trout fights is a combination between a thumping head shake of a walleye, a real screaming of a pike, and right at the bottom of the hole thrashing of a big bull bluegill. Just going crazy before it comes up. And a lot of times when you go down to get that fish, either you're tail grabbing or you're, you're grabbing the head as it's coming up because if you try to pull that fish out of that hole, that line's gonna break. We're only using eight pound fluorocarbon. So everything is finesse technique as far as enjoying the, the, the fight of the fish. Mm -hmm. We're not using broom handles, we're using real light tackle, we're using a lot of really light tackle that just really, you gotta play them out, you gotta enjoy. So I, what I, I don't understand this one. The drag systems on a reel and all that, you know, I, I hear over and over of people, ah, you sat there, let it. What's the hurry to get a fish in? Enjoy that fight. Sure. Enjoy it. Let him run. Everybody gets giddy when that reel is going. Let him run. How much ice are you fishing on? Depending on the season. We won't have safe ice. Oh, gosh. This year we're already in, you know, first week of December. So I would say first week of January is when we're really going to start looking at it. Uh, January and February are, are booking months for that fishery. Mm -hmm. We may get lucky and get out before that. How much ice we're looking at, anywhere from 8 to 10. Everything is walking. Right. You know, so... When we get there in the morning, depending on the size of the group, we're going to have four or five hub tents. We're going to have all the, you know, just look at our sleds with the, the setup and how they're set up. People look at them and well, go, you're crazy. You go through all that work? Yeah, we do. To offer that experience to somebody because we know what it's like, yeah, we'll be happy to. And there's a couple of guides down in the Milwaukee area, and they're all good. They all catch fish. They're all... You know, and we all we all get along. We all get you know. I mean, it's one of them where if fishing is good, we'll call each other and say, "Hey, fishing is good over here." You know, because those fish, like I said, it's a big bowl, so those fish just kind of roam. Mm -hmm. Something about uh, ice fishing the Great Lakes, and I know we could talk for hours and hours, but mm -hmm. if there's something that you really want to get across that you haven't got a chance to yet. Do it. Do it. You hear all the time, I want to do that, or I can't afford that, or I can't do that. In relation to you making 15 trips over there to uh, try to figure it out on your own, go with somebody to experience, learn it, and then you can do it on your own. But why waste all those trips, you know, trying to figure it out on your own? Um, do it. If, you have, if you're a deer hunter, a lot of people that ice fish deer hunt, if you're a deer hunter and you had the opportunity to go to Kansas, Missouri, Pike County, Illinois, Buffalo County, Wisconsin, whatever you want to call the big buck capitals of the United States, if you had the opportunity to do it at minimal cost, would you do it? Sure. Damn right I would. Yeah. Excuse my language, but you're right. I would do it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that opportunity, and right now is your opportunity. I, you don't know. How long it's going to last? We just got lucky because they just passed the stocking and stocking change where they're putting in kings and rainbow or steelhead, rainbows and steelhead. The rainbows on the lake, steelhead in the river, same fish. And then you have, you know, your um, 
your brown trout and stuff. And they were talking about taking that brown trout stocking and reducing it. And there was a lot of people um, that really pushed for it. And I tell you what, I'm glad that they upped the the stocking on them as well because it offers a year-round fishery for a lot of inshore fishermen and women. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can go out there and you can cast from the piers early spring. You can get them in fall. You can fish them all winter. You don't have that with the kings. So, I'm. For them to do that was a godsend. What's your favorite part of doing what you're doing? The people. The people. The relationships that you get. I mean, I'll come over to St. Paul, and there's people from over here that come up ice fishing with me every year, and I get messages saying, hey, we'll see you Saturday. And uh, you watch through their stories or through knowing them, you've watched different people grow. I know for a fact that, you know, when they get, when terrible diseases strike the family or whatnot, one of their last calls of things to do is a phone call saying, hey, I want to do it before I can't do it. I want, uh, I want to take my grandson out. I want to take my granddaughter out. I want to, um, you know, and then these kids, when they started out at, six seven eight years old fishing with their parents all of a sudden 15 years later they're calling up and saying hey i want to i want to bring my husband and kids out or you know i mean just the 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 life cycle of different people and getting to know them and knowing their stories and living their life through their words and through the time on on the water together is very special i cherish them all you know um we're not a fishing business. We're the farthest thing from a fishing business. We've, I'll have people call me up and say, are we gonna get our limit today when we go salmon fishing during the summer? And I plain out, straight out, tell them, I don't think I'm in the service for you. Yeah, we definitely want to catch fish. I mean, we're going out and we're gonna do everything in our power to catch you fish. But if that's the sole reason that you're coming fishing, I'm not the service for you. We're an entertainment business. We like to create memories. We like to have a good time. Everybody always, biggest joke down at, you know, we're at St. Paul. There's there's tens, I mean, there are thousands of people in there right now. And I'll always hear everybody, oh, Pat's here. Can hear him. <laughs> Pat's here, we can hear him. You're dang right. Yeah. Be loud enough to be heard, bright enough to be seen, have fun in life. You never know when tomorrow's your last. Or one of your good buddies or your girlfriends or whatever the case may be, you don't know. Enjoy it. For sure. Enjoy the ride. Bad if people want to book with you or maybe they just want to see what you're up to and what you're doing, where can they find you? There's a lot of different ways. Wolfpackadventures.com. You can go to Wolfpackadventures on that YouTube. Uh, you can go to Instagram, Wolfpack Adventures. You can go to Twitter. There's too many of them nowadays, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. They're, I'm not smart enough to run all those things. It's one of them where Tyler does a lot of that good stuff. and um, Or you could just call the fishing line. That's probably the easiest for myself and you know some of the, some of the folk out there. It's 920-207-1212. Awesome. Thanks, Pat. You really betcha. Thank you. On. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.